1: So, strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack
0: time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack Podcast, the official podcast of thunderquack.com. You can get it early every tuesday on patreon.com or wait and get it free every friday on podcast services across the galaxy i am one of your hosts michael cohen
1: and i'm your other host amanda Gamer. and we're
0: taking a detour we're taking a detour to san Diego. (laughs) uh we should be talking about the last jedi this week um as a matter of fact it should be our last episode before i go on a break yeah yeah um but, but we, like, had to,
1: we had to fit in this extra episode. There's like so much to ugh. talk about. Yeah, there's so San much Diego to talk about. Comic-Con. So
0: um yeah, so this is
1: a, like a full episode for San Diego Comic-Con. So if you yeah. came here expecting the last, last Jedi, Jedi, you can tune in next week. And in yeah. the meantime, we'll talk about all the really cool things that have happened in yeah. the like, geekverse this week.
0: So, so I'm, I'm gonna, gonna I'm actually gonna go uh, S- Sarah Beth, S- I want you to know. Now i've got your email it's in the rundown we're not going to read it this week because it's kind of more focused on star wars stuff so we'll talk about it next week um, and also
1: i hope you're feeling better i meant to like say that on the podcast forever because sarah beth um just i know that you you've asked for like some some thoughts and prayers so just oh, wanted yeah, to like absolutely. let you know that we have been thinking about you this whole time but i never actually said it yeah. on the podcast so i hope you're uh, i hope you're recovering all right and um, we will we will read your your email. Yeah, we'll week, read so, your yeah. e-
0: email next week when we're back to talking about yeah. Star Wars stuff. We have nothing Star Wars to talk about. Uh, We talked about the Sith Trooper last week. (laughs) There were some things that were revealed at Comic-Con, but it was mostly publishing stuff, some collecting stuff.
1: I took pictures of all the troopers because there was a display at Comic-Con. And I was like, this is for you, Mike. Look at this. I know the difference between this trooper and this trooper. Anyways, because Nate hadn't seen the Sith Trooper. And I was like, hey, look, it's a Sith Trooper. And he's like, what's that? And I was like, well, let me tell you.
0: Um. But uh, but there's plenty of other mm-hmm. news to talk about. I did this news as it happened. So starting on kind of Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. as stuff started dropping. And uh, yeah, I guess it was Thursday that the Top Gun trailer came oh, yeah. out. Yeah. Um, all there is to say about that is that there's a trailer for Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> it looks fantastic. Uh, Matt and I will definitely do a Matt Campbell. Oh, not mm-hmm. sorry, Matt Campbell. Matt Crinky and I mm-hmm. will definitely do a Top Gun uh, reviewed uh when top gun maverick comes out as a matter of fact maybe matt and i will do both top gun and top gun maverick um <laughs> just for funsies but you can also go back and listen to amanda if you're a patreon well, yeah we totally subscriber. did a, a, a top gun we, we did episode. a we did a commentary for yeah. top gun
1: that so was you, one of the only movie commentaries we've ever done yeah. is on top gun i want to say it's the only moving commentary where we actually watched I, the episode we, as, and commented as we, yeah, as we were as, watching it yeah whoa yeah and it's the only the one and only time i've watched top gun like we watched it for the first time when like i hadn't seen it prior so it was really interesting that this is the first overlap in news where my boss was talking about it at work today the maverick trailer (laughs) and i thought it was really interesting because it was totally like of her generation so that's pretty cool
0: um so yeah go watch the trailer it's fun uh there was a really great trailer for his dark materials um which is the golden compass adaptation um yeah season one looks like it's going to be golden compass from start to finish uh so theoretically this series is three to four seasons because um, there are three books yeah. so um but it looks it looks phenomenal i mean like uh i don't want to get into spoilers but you were
1: excited about this beforehand too like yep, before
0: absolutely. You, yeah absolutely um yeah I, i'm very excited about it going into it just because of the cast and and the people that are involved um and then there was a little teaser that they put out that i was like okay this looks like it's going in the right direction but there are a couple of things in the book golden compass has been banned from schools so the reason why I know what golden compass is is because crystal learned about it she had to read it and study it for her um children's literature class in university um, when she was doing her bachelor's and she read it and she was like you need to read this i know you don't read books but you need to read this you will like this one and the reason why they they studied it in her class is because it was banned for religious reasons like right like there, there were there are a lot of uh, uh, school districts and such in the in the states that banned it because it's it it does have a very atheist very anti-religion theme to it um but it's also kind of spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some really dark stuff that happens that is I would say analogous. Although the the church structure in that is related to the Catholic Church. Um, that's sort of the allegory that's going on yeah. there. And there's some stuff that's very, very analogous to um, the more horrific things that the Catholic Church has been, has been uh, accused of. Not... I say analogous because it's not literal, Mm -hmm. like it's a very different interpretation, but it is very much taking the childhood away from children. And I, the Golden Compass film just went right ahead and pretended like none of that's in the story. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that without that part of the story, there is no story.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Right well, that's like that. An part of in the, the of it, yeah, yeah, at the beginning of the third act. I, I mean I'd I'd have to go through it again and and sort of break down the act structure because it's probably not three acts but it's sort of the beginning of the third act, or what I would consider probably, like, the fourth act, if it, if it's five acts. That, like, you start to learn what's actually going on, and right. what this organization is actually doing. Right. Because it's there's just this idea, it's in the trailer, there's this idea of, like, children like, going missing. Right. And nobody yeah. ever sees them again. And then we get to a point where we find out where they've been going, and it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Not only did they show, like, oh, the show's going to go there. They showed stuff that was, like, that's how I pictured it. I and that's that's so difficult yeah, yeah. to nail because everybody yeah. has different interpretation. Now, like, the book is very descriptive of these moments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, there's a very specific thing, mm-hmm. a uh, very sharp element uh, that uh, they nailed. Mm-hmm. It is, like like, seeing that, like, I was, like, like so like old. jolted yeah. back yeah. to reading the book wow. and I remember reading that part of the book and being like I can't believe this is a YA mm-hmm. book like when you compare it to the other stuff of the time like Hunger Games it was like yeah. Hunger Games are pretty dark yeah, yeah but this is like makes Hunger Games look like a
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know like a rodeo as opposed to what it actually is which is children murdering each other mm-hmm. um but yeah like I'm so excited Weird thing to say, but I'm so excited that it's gonna go there, because well, I think it's, story it's a very powerful yeah. story. Like yeah. it's, I think I it's we talk about it all the time. We I say that we talk about it all the time. That's how often we talk about it. The idea of genre storytelling, allowing people to sort of see things from a perspective that they might not have been able to to look at things before, and I think that this piece of media done properly will have that effect that mm-hmm. there will be some people that um will start to sort of see religious organizations a little mm-hmm. bit more for what they are mm-hmm. um i'm not condemning religion by the way mm-hmm. the organizations are the problem not necessarily the belief yeah. structures
1: and i use, but, you use the word organization i use the word institution sure that, institutions. Like, overall like mattered. all yeah. institutions are yeah. super problematic and so yeah. when you put heart and and, and pathos into yeah uh, certain ones that's, yeah, yeah so i
0: like i'm really really excited and the cast is fantastic um uh, uh yorick uh, is, is perfect he's the armored bear um uh, yeah it's it's gonna be good it's gonna be really really good it's gonna be a, a good successor to uh, uh, game of thrones and all of that although I think The Witcher is going to take that mantle. I think Witcher is going to come in and be like, the. Oh, Did you like Game of Thrones? Well, this is your new thing to watch. Ugh, but, Aaron Cavill. Yeah. Um, I will
1: say, I'm super bummed I didn't go see The Witcher panel. Yeah. But it's just, Hall H, man, is so. It's bananas. It's, it's, it is. It's it is As Gwen bananas. Stefani
0: would say, B A N A N A S. Yeah. That's. Um, Yeah.
1: Please always quote Gwen Stefani on the podcast. Whenever I say
0: something is bananas, that's (laughs) the next thing that I say to quote Gwen Stefani. Um, But yeah, His Dark Materials. If you haven't watched that trailer yet, go check it out. Uh, The last thing that I'll talk about before we get into our big topic uh, is the Star Trek Picard trailer. Um, We talked a little bit about Star Trek last week, I think.
1: Maybe. I think so. Yeah, yeah. We kind of got into it a little bit. You don't care, right? Eh. I mean, I like the reboot, like universe. Yeah. So, but I'm not. This I don't is not know the original. Yeah. Universe. Exactly. I don't know anything really about the original. Timeline, yeah. But I quite appreciate. Um,
0: so okay, so here's yeah. the thing: this is and it isn't the original, and the reboot. Yeah. It's it's both actually. Yeah. So. In. The reboot Star Trek, uh, the timeline that that exists in is called the Kelvin timeline mm-hmm. because it refers to the beginning of the story when the Kelvin is destroyed by the mm-hmm. Bromulan uh, ship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and
2: uh,
0: uh, Kirk's father dies, uh, Thor. Um, <laughs> that, that's a whole other thing. But, so that creates the Kelvin timeline, which mm-hmm. is this offshoot. It's a total tangent. It's a yeah. separate timeline. Yeah. The original timeline... Um in that original timeline the time that Spock comes back from is the furthest in the future that we've gone until Picard comes out in and in, in the Star, Star Trek: Official Canada timeline, right? Oh. It's actually he, like that so, Spock cuz he's old Spock yeah. and yeah, he's been Vulcans around, and Romulans yeah. live for a really long time, hundreds of years, right? Um that he's actually like post Voyager, post all no way, of the way! I didn't movies. know that. That's so yeah. cool. Okay. So in that timeline, what's happened is I, I, I believe, Data, two the second mm-hmm. Data, because Data originally dies, uh, in First Contact. Spoilers for First Contact. Um, but then they find the guy who built Data built a bunch of datas. Like Data mm-hmm. is sort of like the final one because right, he yeah. was the he was perfected. Right. Um, Picard finds another one. They find a, a an older model of Data. They put them together, and he's like, he's like an even dumber version of Data from season one. He doesn't understand anything. He doesn't get human emotions. Blah blah. blah. He's kind of goofy, um, but over time, obviously, he he adapts and he learns, and that's how that's what Data was about. Mm-hmm. He slowly became human, mm-hmm. um, and so we're further in the future, and that second Data has become the captain of the Enterprise. Um, so he, along with Geordi LaForge and, uh, Spock are the ones who build the jellyfish ship that Spock uses to to go go back back in time or not uses to, but he's in when he gets sucked into the black hole and and ends up back in time. Um,
1: I love the jellyfish ship is totally evocative of what it is.
0: That's what, that's what it's commonly referred to, (laughs) but, um, In that timeline, Picard is the ambassador to Romulus when it gets destroyed. So in the series Picard, the idea is that we're dealing with him because that timeline continues forward after that moment, even though the timeline then splits off into the Kelvin timeline. Mm -hmm. The original timeline still exists. Right. Right. Discovery takes place in the original timeline as well, but it kind of messes things up because it's very different. And yeah. There's some technology and style stuff that doesn't really make a lot of sense. But
1: the, the thing that's the most exciting about this series is that it's the idea of like after that happens, he goes back to, to Earth and then he goes back to his home in, in France and to, the, to his vineyard and he's making wine and kind of trying to move on with his life after this.
0: Horrible thing happens. I mean, the entire planet is destroyed um, on his watch. Essentially,
2: yeah.
0: he's involved in that story. There's a comic book that covers all of this, um, and and it's gonna kind of be the fallout for him from what happens there. Yeah. And then him, the 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 trailer shows that it's basically like him getting basically back on the horse and captaining a ship again, and. I watched this trailer and I was like, I'm I'm psyched about this show. This is one of probably the things that I'm most excited about in the next year, um, because Picard is my original captain. Right? Well, here's the
1: thing, it, he's mine as well because my yeah. mom watched that yeah. and so yeah. I know him. <laughs> yeah. Like that is yeah.
0: But I went into it with like a, like oh man, I'm excited to watch this yeah. trailer. I wasn't expecting it to punch me thoroughly in the gut, uh-huh. and by the end of the trailer, like I was almost in tears Uh like that like i did cry there was a there was a couple of tears but like i was on the verge of like ugly crying because i was like it the trailer goes through all of this stuff and it connects all these dots and brings back all of these memories of the original series of not the original series next gen of his original series and um that stuff's like formative for me yeah right so it's, like, a, like, it kind of is... It's, it's a tier below Ghostbusters and Ninja mm-hmm. Turtles. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of, like, the next tier down. It's, like, me and my dad watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Like, that is so important to my childhood. And they show the Picard Day, Captain Picard Day banner from the episode where, like, the kids throw Captain Picard a party to celebrate him being the best captain. And it just, like, I just... I was expecting it to be good but I thought it was going to be like Star Trek Discovery where it was going to be like okay this is a streaming show right, right. Yeah. Yeah. the but fidelity I think of this series like it is, is film quality I don't, I don't know how many episodes, episodes it is I haven't like looked into that but it is straight, straight up cinematic
1: well even the, it even looks the look it
0: looks better like, like to me it, it looks, looks better than the reboot movies
2: look, look. oh yeah in terms of like the way like, that it shot, cinema it's like, yeah.
0: shot it's so beautiful yeah. and the story is so special to me that like those two things together took me by surprise and I was just like I was, like like one of those like the meme like I was not emotionally prepared for this yeah. like it like I was not expecting it to come at me that way and and I'm so glad that that's the way that they're going with this because it's just it feels Kind of special, like actually, the only other thing that I could compare it to is probably Endgame and Tony Stark's story and like the kind of the way that that culminates. It's like this is something that like Star Trek is kind of on and off because because you know when there's stuff that there's something to be excited about, not like the last eleven consistent years of MCU, but um, but it's kind of similar to that of like this is all of star trek fandom culminating in a story about this beloved character and it's they're gonna bring back a bunch of characters there's uh uh, it's in the trailer like data the original data like this is basically the story is that like as he tries to deal with essentially like kind of like not ptsd but sort of like the grief of everything he's he makes it his mission to bring data back mm-hmm. and there's something connected to the borg and and uh, seven mm-hmm. of nines gonna be in it from voyager wow. and uh, uh lavar burton's gonna be back is geordie laforge in part of it and i uh, i uh, uh, jonathan frakes is directing a lot of it
1: oh that's great. um
0: and he's Riker, and yeah. so Riker will be in it as well oh, awesome. and it's just like all of these things which means that we're gonna get to pop in with a lot of these characters and see where they're at Mm -hmm. it's not their story it's star trek picard it's not Mm -hmm. star trek the next generation again yeah yeah so i like the idea of like we'll get like episodes where we get Mm -hmm. to pop in and Mm -hmm. see how geordie's doing Mm -hmm. see how uh riker is doing um but there are certain characters and and sort of the mythology of it that's coming together of like we've got seven of nine coming and basically being his sidekick for this story um or actually it seems like the one who's actually like sort of propelling the story and, and forcing him across the threshold so i'm i'm super excited about this show um i think it's gonna be really good uh and that brings us to
1: well, I have, like, other things that you didn't include. Oh, okay, Because, like, there's okay. some stuff that I saw at Comic-Con. I assume your big news is the MCU stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm going to detour to the, some Kay. of the things that I did at Comic-Con um, that are just, like, offshoot to this. The first one that I think is really cool, leaving from Vancouver, is that I flew to... San Diego with the cast and crew of The Order, the YA, like, Kay. Netflix series, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I flew back from San Diego to Vancouver with the cast of Riverdale. <laughs> I just think that this is just, like... Was there tension people.
0: on the flight back because uh, Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse just broke up?
1: <gasps> Did they? Yeah,
0: they just, just broke, up.
1: broke up. No way! Okay, yeah. it was really weird, because I tried not to be, like, a weirdo, but, like, when I, when I came to the airport I saw like KJ needs to dye his hair when he's traveling or something because it's, it's yeah. so bright and red and it's like so obviously that you were Archie. So anyways, he was walking into the security line and I was like cuz I arrived pretty early for my flight. I was like there's Where no way right. I know. I was like there's no way that they arrived 2 hours early for their flight. Did they? But I was like but also they're going back to Vancouver. Surely they're going to be on my flight. So, I didn't actually like see them until I was like then like waiting at the gate. It was ready we were ready to board. And they came back, and the the flight announcement was like, "We are not boarding yet." And Cole, sp- like that Cole Dylan, which one? Cole. Cole <laughs> was came up, and they were having a conversation about like, "Let's just go back and wait until they call." But I think the girls stayed out because when I got on the plane, all the girls were on the plane, but the guys were not. So now that that you the, say that that, I'm that was the like, thing oh, all weekend. Maybe like, there's the thing. Yeah,
0: that was the thing all weekend. Of like, they were kind of in these two, like 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 KJ and Cole were kind of over here and then the girls were all over here interesting and like yeah like it's it's so, That's good. so funny. I,
2: <laughs> it's
0: so gross <laughs> to be that like into it but like i yeah, am
1: like i didn't i have i care i like honestly though I, when i saw that the riverdale panel i didn't realize that the riverdale panel was on sunday until sunday when i was like what can i go see and i was like i haven't been to hall h yet maybe i'll go see this and then instead i, I went i shopped for the morning <laughs> um, but uh I actually was prompted, I was like, I could go in, but I know nothing about Riverdale. Yeah, and I'm like watch, I would right? be sitting there and just so confused. After
0: the last season, you would be so lost. Oh yeah. Season no, three just... was uh I've read... stupid ridiculous. I read the I I enjoyed the, it, but it was so dumb. The
1: panel description yeah. was so confusing that I was like, There's no way that I would enjoy this. Archie went
0: to went juvenile detention like, at the beginning just... of the season for a murder he didn't so, commit. Yeah, I don't know. And... It's just
1: they're Anyways, which put him on
0: this whole path. (laughs) He became a boxer for some reason. I just like it. Yeah. Anyways,
1: I I didn't. But it was just kind of a fun, a fun thing without it being super weird. But like that, I was like, oh, I identify. Really, I just know Cole and KJ. Like, I know what they look like. But then when I was getting on the plane, I was like, that girl looks familiar. I was like, oh, that's Veronica. Mm
2: -hmm. Is that
1: the one that, that? Anyways yeah i
2: just just like anyways uh, so
1: i'm pretty sure it was them because they were wearing sunglasses in the airport and i'm like you girls are more conspicuous with sunglasses on than you are without oh i saw cadley mack in a bathroom um with i'm sorry that's a
0: made-up
2: name with
1: steven amell's wife they were like really good friends oh yeah. like Stephen amell has that group of people like him and his wife and cadley mack and cadley mack is the showrunner for roswell like she's she's fantastic and I'm such an idiot. I was like, I love your Instagram. But what I meant to say is, I love how you're destigmatizing mental health by posting about it on your Instagram. (laughs) So That's not the same thing. That's not the same thing at all.
0: It's (laughs) like you had your moment. Like, like, especially for you because like professionally, it's like you had your moment at (laughs) Comic-Con to network with someone that you admire that's in the business that you look up to and and could could potentially be a good connection. And you were like,
2: "I." Like well, I'm trying
1: her. not. I was trying not to bother her. I was yeah, washing yeah. my hands and being like, "Why does this person look really familiar?" And they're like standing there, like putting their lipstick on and like chatting right before the arrow panel. And I was like, "Oh, what's it? I, I think Cassandra is yeah. Stephen Amell's Yeah. So, anyways, so her and Cassandra were like in the bathroom, and I was like, "What am I going to say?" And I was like, "Instagram." That's because I haven't watched Roswell, so I couldn't, like, talk about the show that she show runs, even though, as a Nor child, that was my favorite. Nor should you watch Roswell, because... It was my favorite show as a child. I know,
0: but, but the new one does not look yeah. great. Anyways. It does not look great.
1: But anyways, there's... Yeah. A, because also, Aisha Tyler is part of that group, as well. Like, there's, like, yeah. a, a bunch of them, and they all do... Like, it just seems like they're just like, a really fun bunch of, like, supportive people yeah. doing different things. So, anyways. I was gonna Instagram later being like, sorry I embarrassed myself in the bathroom with you, but it's all good. Of all the things I could have done that were embarrassing at Comic Con, I feel like <laughs> telling someone I like their Instagram there are worse things. <laughs> so it's all yeah. good. Um, anyways, the one thing that I did do that was that was quite fun and the one time I took advantage of my press badge, because I'm a terrible I'm a terrible press person. I didn't go to like the press rooms because I didn't contact any of the press people. Like I didn't mm-hmm. like Really follow through. That's so really, I was just like covering stuff outside of it. But the Amazon Prime, like I was on the Amazon Prime distribution list. So I went to the Amazon Prime Carnival Row screening and party. Yeah um people carnival who,
0: row is a
2: show it's
1: a show so here's the thing with carnival row i had not heard of it until i got to comic-con yeah and it is advertised absolutely everywhere at comic-con that by the time i went to the party i wasn't going to go to it originally but by the time i i i was like i'm interested in this show because the way that it was advertised first of all i didn't realize orlando bloom was coming back so it's starring orlando bloom and cara i don't know how you say her last <laughs> name different Defriger- me something with a d <laughs>
0: yeah that one okay um so they're,
1: they're they're the ones that star in it and the premise is that it's basically the like london in the 1800s or whatever but um humanity has invaded like fairy lands so there's like fairies and pucks and like all this stuff are basically okay. immigrants in in england in like olden day england. i bet it's a metaphor oh yeah it's um, almost like it's shoehorned and yeah. like shoved down your throat um so it's an interesting way to deal with immigrant issues, in the past, yeah, with fairies, and like it's a, it's an odd and and basically what it is is he's an inspector and he's solving yeah. fairy crimes so or fairy murders, it's a and and they like they, so it's fables. they come in basically yeah it's like the idea that she Hollywood it starts with her, get it together
0: yeah. just make. Fables. fables. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I don't, just, understand just don't understand why, why this can't it. happen. Yeah. Just make fables.
1: Yeah. But anyway. Don't make it with
0: Orlando Bloom, please.
1: Oh, but I love Orlando Bloom. That's
0: fantastic. I'm happy for you. But don't make fables with <laughs> no, Orlando fable, Bloom. He
1: wouldn't he wouldn't fit with it. I do have to say the funnest or the weirdest part funnest. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it is when people try to like be like, Oh well there's an EW party next door, so I guess the stars can't come to this panel. But um, the three of them had been walking around in mascot costumes that everybody clearly knew it was them because why would you be wearing a mascot costume? That's the worst disguise at this. Clearly, like nobody's yeah, dressed up at this party. I'm gonna
0: I'm like, gonna give John Boyega the credit for this because I think mean, he was one of the first ones to really do this. He just put a stormtrooper mask on.
2: Yeah, that's all you gotta do. Like
0: like, like do just his street simple. clothes, and then he just put a stormtrooper mask on at Star Wars celebration yeah. in in. Uh, uh, 2015 and I uh, probably walked past him
2: yeah like you, more you, than likely you I did because it, it was like the next yeah. day it
0: was like did you guys know that like John Boyega, John Boyega was just yeah. on the floor yeah. after the panel on
1: um, Friday and and was I, like, saw, I saw sorry? pictures Lin-Manuel Miranda did that along yeah. with the guy that I actually follow on Instagram that I can't remember his name but anyways they were walking around because they were wearing subtle costumes but I felt really bad because Orlando Bloom was like, You guys weren't supposed to know it was my idea, and I feel like it failed. I was like, I believe that it was your idea yeah. to wear these terrible mascot costumes.
0: Look, uh, Legolas, like uh, your elf eyes clearly couldn't see that that was a bad idea because you're out of touch. Never listen to a star that's that big. They don't get to make decisions about stuff like that. This is why you hire people, right? Yeah. Oh. To be, uh, people that, like, that then, like nobody knows, that go out in real life and deal with real life things. Because when you're that rich, when you have two franchises, I don't care if the two franchises are Lord of the Rings and Pirates, which are big, but not the biggest. But also, but, like, like,
1: very um, much for the, like, every man. But, yeah. Well, I guess um, Lord of the Rings,
0: but. well like, like you, you're out of touch. You don't understand how humans live their lives. You're Orlando Bloom. You thought that was a good idea. It was a terrible
1: idea. But somebody let him do that, which is the like. Well, that's the problem, right? He's, does, he hasn't surrounded
0: himself with the right people. Yeah. But
1: but I do I think um, Mark Guggenheim is one of the. If I feel like Mark Guggenheim is at it, I don't know if he's a showrunner, but for some reason, he would. I think he was at the thing announcing stuff. I just remember somebody that I was like, oh, you're an Arrow person, and so it was like a it was like an interesting connection mm-hmm. where I was like, oh. You're also um, involved in this in this thing, but it might not be. It might not have been him. It might have been somebody else that was from. But for some reason, I want to say that it was. Anyways, I can I can like I can actually like look up this information and have real information to provide you. Hmm. But anyways, I watched the first two episodes. Um, I'm not allowed to really like. You're not really allowed to talk about it. Like, it doesn't come out. It's but it's a Prime series, so it'll be streaming on Prime, which I feel like it would it would play all right if you could watch it consecutively. But it is um. Yeah, it's like a little darker, like it's a little like more of a like dr- drama. The special effects are fantastic. Yeah. I will say like the the way like the fair, the, the realism of the fairies is quite good. Yeah. Um and the the pucks that they call them, um like the horns that they have on them are are really awesome as well. Um and the thing that got me excited about it is I love when worlds can do lore really well and so the um the thing that had got me interested in it is that in in one of the buses there was like the slogan for it is like no critch is a good critch and it made me realize i was like critch oh it's slang for creature and you can already tell that critch is a slang for like right and so i love it when worlds can build on things that we know as humans like you know that that's like a like a like a hoofed.
0: this is why ya stuff yeah connects so well yeah because one of the things that they do it, it takes a second to connect these dots but you have to really think about it and and uh, uh, it's actually one of the reasons why why um hunger games is kind of the the odd man out on this but a lot of ya goes into harry potter is the best example right of like the sorting into houses and right. uh, golden compass is very similar of like everybody has a a daemon and your daemon is unique to you and we can make a quiz on the internet to determine what kind of daemon you have um but it's that because you're trying to connect to a to a young audience being ya right you're the thing that teenagers identify with is individuality right right yeah so it turns out that teenagers identify with that, but um, human beings identify with that really strongly. Yeah, yeah, uh, not I, just teenagers. I, yeah. I, like individuality, identity, uh, tribalism, all of that stuff, to the point where like people lie about their, their hog warehouse because they want to be considered a Hufflepuff, even though they're probably not. Um, so many people who are like, I'm a Hufflepuff, and I'm like, you've never no, done a silly no, thing in your life. Um, yeah, you are, you are absolutely a Gryffindor and you should be ashamed of it. Um, what are you? Are you uh, a Gryffindor? No. Heck no!
1: What are you? Slytherin all You're the slithering, way, baby. Okay. Well, I mean, Same I thing. haven't really taken the school, Same so people thing. people get mad at me, but I'm like a Slytherclaw. You
0: haven't done it Pottermore? Took a, lot,
1: took a lot of time when I didn't feel like doing it. <laughs> You're the
0: worst. It was, it was You're the worst. It
1: took a lot of energy.
0: You're the worst.
1: I know. I'm a Ravenclaw in
0: case people... I oh, care about that.
1: Guillermo del Toro has done an episode too. Anyways, Mark. Guggenheim oh, really? is One of the series writing oh, credits. But, that's, um,
0: that's so difficult for me because on the one hand, I don't want to support anything that Mark Guggenheim does. Okay. On the other hand, uh, Guillermo del Toro is the greatest. He's
1: only, so Mark Guggenheim is only credited here on one episode. I think maybe he was there because he was at the thing and is, he probably like mm. helped get it off the ground or whatever, probably. but I don't think he's one of the primary, like he's not showing up as one of the primary producers on the show. Like it's, but I, I can't actually see who the, who the primary EPs are on the show, mm. anyways? Because the internet is giving me no information. You would think because I was there, I would have written this information down, but I did not. Whatever. But I really liked that there was free You're views.
0: you're acting like everybody at Comic Con is doing so much work. It and it's seemed like, the majority like
1: everybody of- was doing so much work, <laughs> but it's all no.
0: Good. What you saw was the DC TV podcast crew who all. Oh, they just wanna...
1: worked their butts off. Because man. they all
0: they all are pursuing careers in journalism. Oh, okay, I mean that makes sense. So they're basically doing spec work or doing freelance work um, to to make a name for themselves. Yeah. You have a career and a <laughs> job that paid for you to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't care just like i don't care right like like i care in the sense of like i want to go and then i want to be able to talk about some yeah, podcasts yeah, yeah. but i don't i'm not gonna do the, the yeah
1: they're all like writers and like i'm doing like i'm not
0: i'm not gonna like have stuff, my no. my fedora with the press badge in it yeah. like going like hey what's the, the, the scoop on the th- i don't care Right? Yeah. Like if I can talk to Stephen Amell, I'll talk to Stephen Amell. If I can talk to James Arnold Taylor, I'll talk to James Arnold Taylor. But I'm not going to go out of my way and like really like track things down and But it was cool it was cool there. to be there and to talk it to people and is. to see
1: stuff. And like I say Carnival Row was one of the only like like, special things that I went to. Yeah. Um, and I actually, like, went to it because... And it was. It was a thing where, like, when you're surrounded enough by propaganda, you start to be like, what is this about? And so, like, they, they were they were enjoyable. Uh, two enjoyable episodes. Um, and, like, got... But it's, like, it is a very specific kind of genre. Yeah. Like, like amalgamation of stuff. But it's... I, I, I like... 19 year old me was so excited i mean orlando bloom was all over my dorm like i had so many posters so it was really cool to. i vaguely to
0: recall like, that right i yeah. vaguely recall can you pass me that pillow
1: oh i sure can there you go this chair's so i know i'm i feel it's so bad every time i'm sitting here but then also i'm gonna continue to sit here because my cold, posterior
0: so. just fell asleep Aww. and i was like that's no good Aww. that's not a good place to be in
1: Anyways, those were my those That's were my funny. other, like, Comic-Con things. Aside from, like, Arrow, which, of course, like, yeah. I went to the Arrow panel. Steven gets so, um, Steven Amell is, like, so emotional with every And everybody, like, doing this big goodbye to him. It was really cool to see, like, there's obviously the first person that got up to ask a question is obviously someone, there's some sort of story there. Where mm-hmm. it's this, like, girl that he, like, s- talked to her like he's, like, and he's, he's like, did you bring back the bow? And she like holds up the bow and then he comes off the stage and he trades the bow for like a jacket. So it's clearly some sort of like that she's there at all. Yeah, things, he, and, like, he, I, I think he is.
0: gave her the bow last year.
1: Yeah, I think that maybe is like what it is. It's like an ongoing. Anyways, it was really cute and really sweet to see that. Um, And, and I mean, he is he is such a genuine person like that is really I yeah. mean, but we knew that already because of like. Talking to him beforehand and like yeah. going like
0: yeah, I mean like, like he's never responded to another one of my emails after he got what he wanted from us, but yeah, other than that,
1: but that's, well, I mean, also he's probably no, being inundated he's, with those
0: he's, emails. No, he's a busy guy. But it's
1: um, um oh and the- it,
0: I would have liked to have fostered that relationship a bit more than I think yeah. he was willing to, yeah, yeah. but I so I I don't know I I'm a little <laughs> bit bitter about it, but I'll also like. Like,
1: there are some. There are some. We owe we, everything
0: to him. Oh, of so. course,
1: and we're not as good of fans as we could be because I feel like one of the things going there with the DC TV podcast people yeah. is realizing how good of a relationship they've fostered with some of the people on the on the shows because they go yeah. to everything, and so like Brandon that's the, Ralph but like that's knows the thing. those so DC people. the legends In
0: people. in the pre-show that's yeah. on the uncut version, you will hear us talk about some of these elements. I can't afford to go to all these yeah. cons. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't. I've never yeah, yeah. been to Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, I, it, there's two aspects of it. I can't afford it financially. Mm-hmm. I also can't afford the time. Yeah. Like, I Take don't, and, like, yeah. I, I don't have responsibilities for me, really.
1: here. Yeah. Where I was like, hey, this is something yeah. that I could actually do. This I would year. have
0: loved to have been there. I'd love yeah. to be at everything yeah. if, if, if I could be.
1: Yeah. But yeah. No. But it, so, anyways, but that, that is, um, it's kinda cool to see all of these other fans fostering like specific relationships. Yeah. And we just never really got there, I think, with with um with them and like the arrow show. But it's it's kinda just cool to be around. And the the Arrow writers and a lot of the writers those were some of the most interesting panels that I went to at Comic Con. I will yeah. say that as, I might not have gone to the Hall H stuff and I might not have gone to all the big stuff, but there are so much at Comic Con. Like they have a full film festival, which I learned the first day to not go to that in my particular. Like I learned what a PA was at one of the panels and I was like, mm, maybe, maybe this is a little bit, uh, a little bit something I should have been going to like 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, but it is really good for like brand new filmmakers that want to yeah. learn, um, which is cool. But then the writer panels were really good because you have the showrunners talking about like how they're doing pitches and all that. And it was really cool. Um the I think it's the legend showrunner was on a bunch of stuff. And then Derek Hughes, who I got a chance to interview after the first panel, he was on a bunch of stuff yeah. as well. So the, the D C T V folks really represented at these television panels. Yeah in really practical concrete ways um for like people that are wanting to get into the industry or, and and specifically as writers yeah. um and my favorite panel that i went to was actually um something that nate convinced me to go to because he's he's always he's such a weirdo he likes like we, like things that are like outside the norm and I saw this panel that's like real world threats to humanity he's like Oh i want to go to that and it was like probably five of the smartest people i've ever been in a room with yeah. but it was Two NASA scientists, one, like, Homeland Defense person, another... Basically, did you know that we have interplanetary defense, like like roles at nasa one of them is specifically for planetary defense in terms of biological things threats and the other one is um impact threats so we had both of those people talking about like asteroids and then talking about like like germ warfare coming back from mars yeah. and then somebody else talking about like nuclear threats and like how easy it actually is to build like a nuclear bomb that we see on all these television it was nuclear. like a really cool did i say it wrong?
0: you say nuclear yeah it's yeah. nuclear <laughs> okay well, yeah that's all
1: right tomato tomato but anyways, it was
2: a really... <laughs> no, no, not tomato tomato. Tomato
0: tomato are two different pronunciations of the same word, both spelled correctly. Nuc- nuclear is not a word. Nuclear is a word. That's... Whatever.
1: That's the same with espresso and espresso.
0: Nope. I, I, again, not a I word. mean, it is the no, same. That's what I mean, that's the same. As it is the same, espresso, but yeah. but yeah, like that's, that's not a justification is. for your behavior.
1: And everybody knows what you mean when you say espresso, so... <laughs> feel like arguably it's just, how did we get here let's talk more about comic-con and not my grammar anyways those are my comic-con specific yeah. recaps and now we can i always into... love
0: it when you go to the panel that you weren't expecting to go to that turns out it's i uh, celebration six i think
2: mm-hmm.
0: Is five or six no it was i think it was five it was it was the first celebration i went to we went to uh the why we love the prequels panel oh, yeah. um and it was incredible Aww. it was so good um because it was the first time that i had been in a room with a bunch of people who were like these movies are not that bad like everybody just relax this is what's really good about them and that's kind of what put me on the path of a lot of stuff that we discussed the last few weeks last month or so uh, about the prequels and and about how it's like well like look the maybe the execution's off on some things but this story is actually phenomenal um so it's kind of what put me on that path but uh you never know with a con and that's why i always yeah. like to say like be open to don't go into it like knowing everything you're gonna do because then if you don't get into panels you end up disappointed you're to go Find, find your friends, friends and, and then just hang out. That's what people like. Expand your horizons. horizons. Exactly. Like you well, gotta, you, you gotta go do some stuff that you weren't expecting, expecting to, to do. And Cause more likely than not, that's gonna be the stuff that you walk away from a con, remember. going yeah. like, wow, that was actually really, really cool.
1: Watched the Batwoman pilot as well. So that was yeah. the first time I'd seen the Batwoman pilot. It was in preview night. I didn't stay for If the- you're
0: a Patreon supporter, you've heard the... Yeah, the, I actually review. delivered
1: on some exclusive yeah. Patreon content. Content, Yay! Yep. It was good. Thanks you. To, shout out to the all the folks at DC TV who uh, let me talk to them over drinking. Yeah, they just the gave Batwoman us free pilot. labor for that like one. That's that fantastic. Yeah, like um, but uh, the thing that was funny is that it was screening at the same time as two other shows. And one of them was Pennyworth... And, um, and then something else and Pennyworth is on like epics, which is, I guess a US channel that nobody has, but I don't know Batman well enough. And I was like, you know, like I was like Pennyworth, like from it. And I was like, Oh wait, 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 <laughs> Pennywise, <Yeah. laughs> different person, not Alfred Pennyworth. But then, so like I had said that to all the DC TV folks and they just looked at me like I was insane. But then when I went, Back it was like, it. how so many then,
0: people were you with? Like I was, four. Other there was like people? four of them. Yeah, yeah. So it was like four of the looks that I give you when yeah, you do that exactly. stuff.
1: But then here's the thing. Then I talked to Nate the next day, and I was like, and there was another show called Pennyworth, and he's like,
0: the clown. Like for the clown. Me.
1: And I was like, oh, thank you. I feel so vindicated. That trailer
0: for it too is terrifying. Oh, by the way,
1: I, I have no I, interest in seeing the scary movie. <laughs> too scary.
2: Those
0: movies look so good. Yeah. But also. I don't have time for that anxiety <laughs> like i don't like yeah,
1: that's
0: fair. i'll explain something about the way that my brain works uh it doesn't stop
1: right <laughs> yeah so you uh, just like finish the movie and then you think about it for like
0: yeah and like like i i, I i'm a creative mind so uh, if i see something like that my brain goes cool. That was dark. That was scary. That was twisted. What if you pushed it a little bit further though? Like what's what's the next scariest thing? And like my brain wants to go to those places and I have to I have to to be careful about what I watch cuz I watched I the first time I watched paranormal activity it was like it was like a week of like just obsessively thinking about that. Right. Like that, yeah. like, and I used to watch a show yeah. called uh, Paranormal State that was about these uh, college students that had a paranormal research club or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it was reality TV. Right. It was okay, a yeah. TLC or something like that. And they would go around and like investigate these different
1: paranormal No so scary. I don't watch that stuff.
0: And, more often than not it was them walking through a dark hallway with a night camera on and then hearing a and everybody going what was that what was that and then the cameras go all shaky and then it turns out that it was either a cat or nothing right most of the time and then like in like season four or five of that show all of a sudden it started to get into demonic possession stuff and there was a certain point where i was like i can't watch this show anymore because especially at that time that was when i was working at the church and i was really heavily studying stuff and um into that sort of thing and uh, i i i very often say about religion i people always want to take the angels and God and Jesus and all of the easy, happy stuff, and then throw out that stuff from the very beginning of the book. That's about demons and Lucifer and monsters and the things under your bed. Right. And it's like, if you take one, you have to take the other. So if you're going to have faith and believe in God and angels, etc., you also have to, you have to take the flip side of that coin. Like, it's the yeah. the the Taoist element of it. Of, like, like you can't have light without darkness and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, like, that's that was my mindset at the time. And then they start going to, like, this demonic possession stuff. And I was, like, yeah. this is very yeah. real yeah. to me. And yeah. I don't want to live in this world. So that's cool. Kind of, like, so when I watch it, like, when I watch the trailers and stuff, I'm, like, These movies look so good. Mm -hmm. And then I see like a clip from one of them and I'm like, nah, can't do it. Can't do it. I can't. It's way too. It's way too much for me because I just know like it's not that I will be scared watching it. I'll actually usually be like pretty like fascinated by it. But then it like it lives in my brain. It just live. It just like takes up residence and it takes a really long time for me to clear that stuff out. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: I because have to, because like similar to
0: like if I go to a Marvel movie and then like for the next two weeks yeah, I'm yeah, obsessed yeah. with that right it's the same thing I just it's just the way that my brain works oh, yeah. I can't trust that
1: no and I can't I can't do horror in any way like it, it really like honestly yeah. like being just like oh I just like yeah it freaks me right yeah. out so I don't know let's actually hard, to the, the hard big, veer big into the big, big topic. topic yeah, uh, yeah. and I mean, the, the big topic, topic is them. of course the
0: Marvel uh panel from Saturday night. Where, where we got, got the announcement of
2: everything. Simi <laughs> Liu!
1: I'm so excited! Yeah. Yay! Yeah. I um, love him. Before everybody else loved him, I loved him.
0: We are going to go through this in order okay, sorry. for you, release. You can drive it. So, I... It's what it's ten things were, were announced. So, I'm just going to run through them really quickly, and then we're going to go one by one. Black Widow, May 1st, 2020. Okay, so that's the next MCU movie. Mm-hmm uh fall 2020 the falcon and the winter soldier
1: that's a tv series though right? disney
0: plus series yeah, yeah. uh november 6 2020 the eternals which is a movie uh february 12 2021 shang chi and the legend of the ten rings or it's not uh yeah yeah and the legend of the ten rings uh which is the one that i'm most excited about it's probably what we're gonna spend a lot of time on uh, Spring 2021, WandaVision, which is another Disney Plus. May 7th, 2021, I'm very excited for this one as well. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Uh, Spring 2021, 2021, Loki on Disney Disney Plus. Plus. Summer 2021, uh, uh, What If on Disney Plus. Plus. So Marvel's What What If, If, which is animated. And then Fall 2021, Hawkeye again on disney plus and closing it out november 5th 2021 thor love and thunder that's a lot to talk about we're not two
1: years in two years
0: so I yeah um terry schwartz from ign asked kevin feige at the end of it like so nothing about phase five nothing about like so like all this other stuff that you kind of mentioned you're not going to go into details and, uh, and, and Kevin Feige quoted uh, Wong in in uh, Avengers Endgame. That's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Because, uh, like, yeah, they yeah. got on stage and opened up 10 portals. Yeah, and yeah. 100 new superheroes walked through. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, everybody yeah. was, like, awesome. Yeah. But what about the Fantastic Four? <laughs> but I will say, at the end of the panel, um, Kevin Feige did mentioned he said look uh, you know like we just covered a lot of stuff but we don't have time to talk about black panther 2 we don't have time to get into captain marvel 2 guardians of the galaxy 3 we don't have time for that we don't even have time for fantastic four i didn't even get to say the word mutants (laughs) it's like he goes through all this stuff yeah uh and he's like this is my favorite part of what he's saying. he's like, those are all rumors. You guys have heard rumors. Those are all the rumors that are out there, but here's something that I don't think that there is a rumor for. And then he brings out Mahershala Ali who comes out and, and uh, the black widow cast and a bunch of the others had put on black widow hats to like celebrate the black widow is the next MCU movie, um, which is really cool. Uh, and then uh, he's like, Marshall, you have a different hat you want you want to put that hat on for everybody you put the hat on and then the lights cut and the the screen there's video of this that you can find on twitter and whatnot mm-hmm. um the a variety has it i think i uh, the 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 screen starts to reveal the logo for blade yeah. and the audience went nuts and Like watching it, like I got, I already, like I I watched the video after I already read all of the announcements. So I already knew all of this, but watching it is like talking about it, like the hairs stand up on my arms. I, Blade is what started everything. Right? Like back in 1998, Supergirl movies were not a thing. And then Blade came out, and there were a lot of people who were like, this movie about vampires is really cool. And then those of us who were Spider Man fans from the 90s were like, it's actually a Marvel comic. Like it, like this is a comic book movie. This is like the last thing before that had been Batman and Robin. Oh,
1: geez. right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: it's like and then Blade comes out and everything's like it's we're getting we're heading into the new millennium, right? I only like remember was,
1: Blade 3 because it has Ryan Zelaway. No. Blade
0: was Blade continues to be. Like Blade holds up. The first one holds up. That is a good movie. Um, but it defined the whole Black leather trench coat, uh, shiny chrome weapons, superhero thing that then X Men would continue, and then even Spider Man would have to a certain degree, and uh, and would continue into everything else until we get to the MCU, and then we get to actual comic book stuff. Um, but yeah, like Blade was the trailblazer, and people always go back and go X Men is what started us. No, nope. the year before, two years before X Men blade, blade that, yeah. happened and actually i was talking to some friends about it a little while ago actually and it was funny because we were talking about it and it was like yeah blade like really kind of like defined that late 90s early 2000s look and then somebody was like no nah, it was the matrix and i was like pretty sure blades before matrix if not like earlier that year i think it's 1998 like the
1: same like and, the same and, and we looked it up yeah. and it was like yeah. nope yeah, blade beat first,
0: yeah. the matrix to the punch by a year yeah. And I don't think it gets credit for that. Yeah. The Matrix is what gets all the credit for, for like that look mm-hmm. in the early 2000s of the like black leather, sort of like the green tones and everything, yeah. like all that stuff. Um, but Blade actually is the one that, that, that pioneered that and started the, the superhero movie revolution, right? Um, oh,
2: yeah. The, I... which, and so it's
0: so exciting that Mahershala Ali is the one. That, that's going to be playing Blade in this in this new version. Apparently, like, the story Kevin Feige tells is that after he won his second Academy Award, Mahershala mm-hmm. Ali, he called up Marvel Studios and was like, a "Set set up a meeting with Kevin Feige. I want to come and talk about something. And he said, like, when Mahershala Ali calls, like, you take that meeting. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And
0: it's so funny because Kevin Feige is literally on the top of Hollywood right now. Yeah. Like, he yeah. is the most yeah. successful producer in the history of Hollywood, and he's like, when this guy says, hey, I want to play, you go, what do you want to do? And he walked in and was like, played. Yeah. At which point, Kevin Feige was, was like, we're going to make it happen. So like, they, they don't, don't have a director.
2: director they, they don't really have producers for it. Wow. They don't have the a script. They have
0: the character and they have Mahershala <laughs> Ali. And that is great. that's all you need for me to be like, yeah, well, I'm in. Like well, I, I, I had posted, um, like, I don't know who half these characters are. I don't know the Eternals. I don't know Shang-Chi. I don't know a lot of these uh, supporting characters that are coming in. And some like all, all, the, the whole supporting cast in Black Widow, foreign to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't know who any of these characters are but i have already made room in my heart to love all of it like yeah. it yeah. like it's
1: it's going to it's that's a lot in 2 years it's gonna, before i lose my train of thought you yeah. mentioned the matrix and i have to say i don't think you know this about like the first film knowledge I ever got from you yeah. was when we were doing that matrix thing you taught me what color correction was Yeah. because you were like well when they're in the matrix everything is green and when they're outside of the matrix everything is blue Yeah. and it like blew my mind and now being in film I'm like that's just a standard like you know color palettes are part of how movies get made and our, our yeah. work and it's like a storytelling and that, that color theory it,
0: is elementary yeah,
1: yeah it's yeah. elementary but it was like a thing that I was like I'll always remember you for that particular like, so- piece of film <laughs> Knowledge that this I is one with. of
0: those things where it's like, I, uh, The Matrix is the example that you always go to when you're teaching that bit of color theory in film. It is not a good example, and I'll uh, explain why. It's like when I say that, like, saying that this is a perfect segue breaks your segue. The color theory and the way that it's pulled off in The Matrix, the reason why it's a perfect example to go to is because it is so so obtrusive on the storytelling, right? Like it hits you over the head on uh, like, like it's, it's just like,
1: everywhere,
0: yeah, here we go. Like it, like it's green. That means we're in the matrix. It's blue. That means we're in the real world. And it's like, it's so heavily color corrected in both directions that you can tell the difference, but a great film, a really well-made film is going to do things with the color palette without color correcting i mean like it's kind of color correct but like without it being so like obvious. everything is now in a green tone everything is now in a blue tone yeah yeah right like like yeah um i don't know what's a really good example um i'm hard-pressed to think of a really good actually i i, I the last jedi is a really good example because like there's a there the the color red in that movie is is conflict right and i uh, it pops up a few times uh, and, and, and like most notably, notably in in, in, in Snoke's throne room and on crate. but like, like if you pay attention, pay attention to the color red, red in, in that, that movie which watch symbolizes watch. obviously like the Sith and the dark side and Kylo Ren it's uh it's it's very important in it and you notice that like Rey's story when she's not interacting with Kylo Ren there's like no red it's always like Just greens and blues yeah. and it's like these lush environments so yeah I Anyways. think this
1: is this is the website that's good color theory the Colors of Motion, is really yeah. it's a brilliant website um, where you can go and see all the movies like just the colors of movies yeah. from a frame of each one, and you can see how color theory works in a way yep. that I had never
2: yep.
1: like thought of before, and it's brilliant. And the more you like hang out with cinematographers, the more and like artists and designers, you start to like realize these things. But like, it's brilliant. Like you can see this visual storytelling in the colors of each. Like look at this. This is a uh, addictive at ad- like look. It's just like hi- like. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland is all blue and aliens is all gray and brown. Anyways, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant website. Colors of theory or colors of motion.
0: Okay. Let's go back to the beginning of yes, this. Sorry. Talk about black widow. Yes. Um, so notable things. Uh, David Harbor from stranger things is going to be in it. He's basically playing the Russian version of captain America. Uh, it's going to take place after civil war. Sort of like in the time between Civil War and uh, Infinity War. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know so that. So it's gonna okay. fill in that gap. Okay. The <laughs> there's another character in it. Um uh, this, I should have notes, but um
1: Then what then what kind of a podcast would this yeah, be if you
0: I to... I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but um she's essentially a, like a sister to Black Widow to Natasha. And uh, she even like calls her sis, uh, and I mean, the expectation here is that this is gonna be a passing of the torch.
1: Oh, so that it can go on to yeah, yeah that that's like what she will become the, the new Black Widow. With all of the the new a lot of like, it's gonna be a common is, theme like, in all of It's like of this. passing yeah off like what it is. Um, Yelena.
0: Yelena, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Taskmaster is in it, and that's a really big deal for comic okay. book fans. Cool. Um, Taskmaster oh. is cool because he. His superpower is the ability to mimic any fighting style. Like, he can look at you and, like, predict everything you're going to do and then use your own moves against you. So that'll be really cool against Black Widow, who's a martial artist.
1: Um, and it has a female director. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Ah, oh, bad co- No, I don't know if anybody knows any of these movies, but they seem, like, pretty, like, in the same vein of... It's more like, indie fair. Yeah, I, indie fair, but also kind of, like in the like Russian spy genre. Yeah. So yeah. it seems like it. it so I think, I think with it, this
0: so. one, we're going to be going back to kind of the tone of winter soldier and yeah. civil war, a little bit more of that captain civil America war. vibe. Yeah. Um, which is nice. It yeah. would be cool. Yeah.
2: Cool.
0: Uh, so after that is Falcon and the winter soldier, and this is essentially going to be the story of how I uh, uh, Falcon Uh, how Sam grows into the title of Captain America so a lot of people thought myself included that after Endgame at the next time we heard about this show we would see that the title had changed to Captain America and the Winter Soldier Mm. but it hasn't it's still the Falcon and the Winter Soldier so that says to me that this is really going to be focused on his journey to becoming Captain America and he won't be captain america until the end of mm-hmm. the series it's disney plus series they're targeting with all the disney plus stuff six to eight episodes which i think is perfect oh, so good this is so a sweet perfect. spot. yeah for sure. um stranger things was eight episodes it was perfect yeah. there was mm-hmm. no I extra like ten.
1: i like 10 episodes i'm a 10, ten episode 10 is nice like...
0: but i think you get really you get real tight on eight i think you, that that... you
1: do six is too short because that's good omens is only six And I feel like I needed at least eight to be satisfied and 10, if I'm really enjoying something. The
0: thing about the thing about these is that. So one thing is Mandalorian. We've already heard is going to be released week by week. It's not going to be binged. Right. Mm -hmm. So my expectation is that the MCU stuff will be similar. It'll be a week to week thing, which means that six episodes is a month and a half of content. So that actually will carry us from black widow Two eternals not two eternals because okay. it's because it's fall but yeah. i think like well black widow which will kick off the summer
2: mm-hmm.
0: movie season and then summer movie season will wind down falcon and winter soldier will come out and it'll carry us into november to eternals so they it won't actually feel like that much of a gap right um yeah. but obviously uh it's falcon it's uh it's it's a buggy Um, and uh, Zemo is is back, back. the 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 villain villain from from Civil War. The guy who was manipulating everything. Oh. Yeah. So uh so he's back and he's got his actual comic accurate. He in the comics he wears like a purple, sort of like a in Canada we would call it a toque. It's like a knit they
2: call it.
0: It's like a mask, but it's like a it's like a full face. It's got like the stripes, that's why I say it's like a toque what's the
1: what's the it's captain america or captain it's a captain america villain
0: uh well b- yeah baron zemo is the character yeah um
1: oh yeah that guy yeah he was, uh, he no he's the he was in civil war
0: that's what i said civil oh. war yeah <laughs> uh, i
1: sorry <coughs> sorry <coughs> i um, laughed at how i misinterpreted what you said that's okay i was like winter soldier
0: uh, and then we go into Eternals. Uh, That's
1: Angelina Jolie, yeah?
0: Angelina Jolie, uh, uh, Richard Madden uh, from Game of Thrones, Robert Stark. Huh. Uh, I, Kumail Nanjiani, and then a bunch of other people. No, Salma Hayek's me. in there. I love Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, is anybody else in there that like people would actually know? Probably. Um, there I might mean, be another couple names. But um, they're not names that I'm super familiar with. Uh, but, uh, sorry, what's it called again? The Eternals. The
1: Eternals. Yeah. And this is, are, were people expecting that the Eternals, I feel like it was. Yeah. This and- was very heavily
0: rumored that okay. the Eternals, I mean, like we heard about the Eternals being in development. Okay. Um, so we figured that it was going to be in, in phase four. Um, and Kumail Nanjiani was, was rumored to be associated with it. Oh yeah, that's right. Brian Tyree Henry, who I really like, uh, from Atlanta. Um, he was also the, the voice of, uh, of, uh, Jefferson Davis. Davis. I, 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 uh, no, not Jefferson. Yeah. Jefferson, Jefferson Davis, Davis, Miles Morales's, Morales's father. Well, I, um, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't really know, really know, know these other actors. Right, yeah. Dong Siak Ma, who is playing Gilgamesh. Uh, let's go. I'll go through them all. Angelina Jolie is Athena. Richard Madden is Icarus. Kamel Nanjiani is playing Kingo. Salma Hayek is uh, Ajak, who is actually the leader of the Eternals. So it's really Ooh, cool that that's nice, Salma that's Hayek. Cool. Um, and it's actually a, a, a man in the comics. Um, uh, Brian Tyree Henry is playing Fastos. Uh, Dong Siakma is playing Gilgamesh. And Leah McHugh is Sprite. And Lauren Ridloff is Makari. So Makari, uh, I believe, is a male character in the comics as well.
1: This is also directed by a woman and a woman yep. of color at that, Yep. which is awesome. I keep saying just woman instead of their names. So Chloe Zhao is who's directing the Eternals. That's yeah. so cool.
0: Um, and so if those names sound familiar, the characters' names, uh, it's because all of these characters are essentially... Um, the idea of the Eternals is that... You remember the Celestials from... Uh, guardians of the galaxy yeah yeah so the celestials created everything in the marvel universe right like they kind of exist outside the multiverse the big
1: head is right like the nowhere is made out of a celestial yeah
0: they they exist outside of the multiverse they're kind of like super special Mm -hmm. uh and and the idea is that they essentially like the the in the mcu the explanation is that It's the infinity stones that like they came out of the creation of the universe, but they're responsible for like they they each represent an element. Well, there is a celestial for each infinity stone um, and the celestials are the ones who created the infinity stones and plant them in each reality in each in each multiverse in order to create those multiverses. Um, and there are more than there's more than one set of Infinity Stones by this logic. There's in every multiverse. Every multiverse has its own set.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So
0: uh, even though ours are destroyed, we might. Yeah. It's entirely possible we could see them again.
2: Yeah. In any case, the the Celestials created the Eternals basically by like messing around with humans mm. and creating like a super race of humans. So they're
0: immortal. Hence being called the Eternals, and the idea is that they, the gods and heroes of legends, are real people, and they were Eternals, and some of them are multiples of these people. So that's why, like Gilgamesh is a uh, oh, right, uh, yeah. Mesopotamian hero. Like I think right. he was like a so, king yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, kind of like a Hercules type character. Uh, Athena obviously is Athena. Yeah. Um, Icarus is Icarus, and he's actually in the Marvel comics. He's connected to the myth of Icarus. He's actually the father of Icarus from the story. Oh, cool. um, I yeah. I and what, what are the other ones? Ajax. Uh, uh, Ajax is Ajax, who is yeah. another hero. Um, but that character is also connected to like Quetzalcoatl and in uh, uh, South American. Uh, I, cool mythology fastos is short for Hephaestus.
1: Oh, uh, yeah i love stuff like that it makes Sprite me so
0: happy connects into like puck and yeah like uh yeah. like yeah like yeah. the sort of that element of mm-hmm. of uh of greek mythology
2: yeah
0: and makari i'm not as clear on i can't remember what makari is inspired by i just <laughs> want i like i my brain is full of a lot of information of at the moment because I've been trying to read up on all of this stuff to know what I'm talking about. Because these characters are unfamiliar oh, Mercury. as heck to- Mercury. Mercury, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the idea is basically that these characters have been in the MCU the whole time and we're just now going to learn about them oh, and how cool. they were involved in basically everything. And one of the expectations is that this is going to be very tied into mutants
1: oh okay interesting yeah and like how mutants enter back into the world that we have. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: essentially like either either we'll get some intervention by the celestials and they'll create mutants mm-hmm. um or the eternals will create mutants okay. um one or the other like that's sort of the the, the going the running the, theme the theory at thinking. the moment yeah cool. um
1: And my, I think, like, my guess
0: is that it will be tied back into the Infinity Stones and, like, that the energy wasn't destroyed and it has to go somewhere. So I think, like, it'll be the Eternals going, like, now that the Infinity Stones have been destroyed, the, like, the, 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 this plane of the multiverse is in danger of essentially just, like, imploding right, because yeah, yeah. So the infinity we, stones yeah. like they serve a purpose in in the universe of like like representing and and creating these elements right um so without them what happens mm-hmm. and i think that's what this story will be about i think it's why it has to happen so close right to to, the, to the uh finishes, yeah. to, to the beginning of and
1: this four. is a film right like this is a actually yeah. a movie that'll be yeah
0: so after that is Shang Chi. That's the the February uh, one for 2021. Shang-Chi is uh, basically a martial artist badass that can learn. So his superpower is that he can learn. It's kind of like Taskmaster, actually. He can learn any fighting style.
2: Yeah, which is really
0: cool. Like, yeah. like basically instantly. Like, mm-hmm. he can see it, and then he can do it. Um, And this is a character who's kind of been on the periphery. This is a little bit, like... They are kind of going back to what happened with with phase one yeah, of the MCU. The, of like They couldn't of like use random. the X-Men. Yeah. They couldn't use Spider-Man. They couldn't use the Fantastic Four. They couldn't even use Ghost Rider or Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, right? like, so they had to go with Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Nobody gives a crap about Iron Man. Well, nobody knows who the Eternals or Shang-Chi are either. But like we've all fallen in love with iron man captain america the whole yeah yeah we're gonna it's gonna it's It's they're they're trying to go back and do the same thing again yeah and shang chi is a really great example of this this is a character that even comic fans are not super familiar with he kind of is best known for like coming into other characters stories when a character needs to when they they need their yoda moment of like i've been defeated by the villain i need to go away and learn something new in order to come back and beat the bad guy right interesting so he's interacted with spider-man with with i think blade like with like a dozen characters um, across the mc across the marvel comics Mm -hmm. universe um, and taught them martial arts and that sort of thing. So um, this will be his origin story, theoretically. And you, you mentioned before he's going to be played by uh, Simulu, uh, Simu who is a Canadian actor. He's from Mississauga, which is uh, in Ontario. It'd be better if he was from the West Coast, but that's all right. We'll take what we can get. Um, and if you've never watched Kim's Convenience, you're doing yourself a disservice. It is a fantastic TV show. Um, It's a really great sitcom um, about a a Korean family in Toronto that own a convenience store, Kim's Convenience, and it's just about their family. And he is, um, they're all great on the show, but he is definitely the one where you watch the show and you're like, that guy's going to go somewhere. Um, I just started watching Kim's Convenience about a year ago and I, and and we kind of watched a couple episodes and I was like this is good this is a good show we should watch mm-hmm. this and then for whatever reason we didn't continue and then recently like a couple months ago yeah, you started re-watching again, we yeah. started re watching it we started we started watching it again and it's like the show that it's our go to for Crystal nice. and I when it's like cuz we don't have to think about it like it's you nice just put it on it's you just sitcom. watch there's it there's not a lot of sitcoms so, yeah. that
1: are actually and that are like not terrible like punch down kind of sitcoms yeah, exactly. like it's a little it's a little hard so um from I come from a theater background so I actually first learned about Kim's Convenience because it's a the- it's a, like a theater play by a like prominent Canadian playwright. And so it was like performed at the, at the theater company I worked at. And okay. then, so when I heard Kim's Convenience was coming as a TV series, I was like, Oh, congratulations to that playwright for getting his work seen on a like larger stage. But it's pretty cool that it's also like, it's like a Canadian, like I like that it's a Canadian Yep. like content because we don't create a lot of canadian content that actually gets an international stage so the fact that it is two shows right show, now
0: it's schitt's creek and yeah, convenience these are the able two to things like, that are but also I, sorry letter kenny's also out there the
1: yeah world. But like also Shits Creek, though people knew who Eugene Levy was beforehand. Whereas sure. Kim's Convenience is the first time that something's been sort of put out into the ether and like Canadian talent is being celebrated yeah. because of something that was created by Canadians. And I just I really love that. And also there's not a ton of Canadians in the MCU. I think we have Colby Smulders and Evangeline Lilly, mm-hmm. but I can't think of other Canadians really that are in. Yeah, like, no, we got a lot of prominence. Australians.
2: I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like the a lot Americans. of so it's
1: yeah. kind of cool and also like awesome representation like in yeah. in like the Asian community Well and that's the great Awkwafina thing about this. being in it too. She's yeah. so fantastic and that they recognize what they're doing. Like that's the biggest thing with something like Kim's Convenience and and the and the actors that are part of it especially yeah. him, he recognizes how important it is to see characters like like that he's going to be representing on the larger
0: stage. Yeah. So he tweeted back in 2014, I think. It was basically uh, okay, yeah. Captain America and Thor are pretty cool, but uh, where's Shang Chi? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, I, I, he's kind of like he's he retweeted a bunch of his tweets yeah, from back yeah. in the day with like lol and yeah, like yeah. Uh, okay like, we did, a, it, yeah, like we, we did it like sort of thing. Um, point. and when they announced last year that Shang Chi was coming that it was in development, uh, he tweeted. Like, Hey, hit yeah. me up. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and, and now he's that's, Shang-Chi. That's so cool. Um, I, this is an actor that I just recently have fallen in love with. And now he's going to be a part of my, one of my favorite yeah, it's, it's really franchises. Cool. Yeah. And he's going to be like, basically the, one of the characters coming into, I mean, like he's the 10 rings is a reference to the Mandarin who Mandarin is an Iron Man villain. Um, and the Ten Rings were featured in two out of the three Iron Man movies in both Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 3. Not the real Ten Rings in Iron Man 3. That was Aldrich Killian oh, using yeah, them yeah, as yeah. part of his propaganda thing. But there's a short movie, uh, one of the Marvel one-shots, called Hail to the King yeah. that connects the dots between the Ten Rings from the first Iron Man. The Ten Rings are the guys who kidnapped him right okay. at the beginning so they're the ones who are responsible for creating iron man um and the guy like there, it was at the time it was like uh the leader of the 10 rings w- was meant to sort of be a stand-in ish right, for yeah. the mandarin because they couldn't really conceive of doing the mandarin back then but, but now, now we, we can. can like now, now we're in a world where running. like uh like the, the eternals, eternals is happening and, and- Doctor Strange, Strange in the Multiverse of Madness Man. is a title that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um. So the Mandarin can come in and be the real Mandarin now, yeah. um. And that's really exciting because like this is the legacy of Iron Man's character coming into another movie about it's going to be a kung fu MCU film, and it's this actor that
2: yeah
0: like I'm that is like basically so he's, he's basically
1: like this is his opportunity to sort of move uh, and it's just like it's really cool when you when you find like talented people that can be like put forward and also aquafina is fabulous as well so i'm really excited for the two of them to. yeah plus oh it was really great anyways you should follow him on twitter if you don't already because he's great apparently variety just did a thing where because he did a bunch of stock photos <laughs> when he was just starting out nice. so um this big publication picked it up and they're like if you just heard all the news go back to his recent like his early work and it's like featuring him as man who gives boardroom presentation and it's, like, these four photos. And he just, like, tweeted back to me. He's like, I hate this. <laughs> like, it's just, like, really... It's pretty great. Yeah, it's yeah. It,
0: It's one of those things where it's, like... Well, you asked for this. Yeah. This but is also, what you wanted. And
1: Evangeline Lilly did like live, those like live line like things. Yeah. It's just really great that Canadian actors do a lot of stuff that's really weird before they get picked yeah. up because in Canada, like you don't really get super famous. So you do what you gotta do. So yeah. it's just interesting that these people are like, it's like there's steady work for actors in Canada all the time. It's just that like they, they never become MCU stars. So it yeah. doesn't really matter what they did in the past. Anyways. It's interesting. Uh yeah, and
0: I uh, the the bad guy Mandarin is being pay- played by I think it's Tony Leung, who is like a big star in China. Nice. Um so that's a it's a big deal if you're uh in that community.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh if uh, awesome. either if you live in China, which is one of the reasons why they're making this movie cuz mm-hmm. that's the biggest market on the planet yeah. for films mm-hmm. and MCU movies do really well in China. Mm-hmm. This one's going to break records like crazy yeah. because China's gonna come out to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I
1: will say, um, I'm pretty sure that um, he wasn't, assuming like wasn't born in Canada. So yeah, I think he was born in China. So I think he was, was, was a dual he dual okay. citizenship. So but like we claim him as Canadian. But yeah. I think that there's like a little bit of that too. Like it, like they do strategic casting with stuff like that. So it's yep. it's got to be important that there's like um, like it, movies that premiere in China. There's like very strict regulations as to like what kinds of actors yeah. have to be in your uh your movies and stuff like that so i think that that's it's it's important that um yeah that like yeah he's so he's canadian um sorry i just wanted like before i like misspeak about like what he like what his background is but i like i feel like they were saying yeah he was born in china and immigrated to canada at the age of five so yeah so he is he is but he but he's like he's canadian but it's and, and
0: this is the thing is that nationalism is dumb uh, and both Canada and China can claim him equally yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's actually a good thing yeah. because <gasps> uh,
1: He's only 30 years old. Ugh. Hit,
0: hit, 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 hit.
1: So no wonder old. he looks so
0: fit. If I was 30 years old, I'd look that fit too. I did not look like that when I was 30 years old. Uh, yeah, no. He is a very handsome, very fit Young man, and mm-hmm. I can say young man because he's four years younger than me. Yeah. Uh, that's okay, it's gonna get worse as we get older. <laughs> uh, again, listen to the uncut version, pay your five dollars, and you can hear me go into a lot more about that. Uh, next up is WandaVision, which is um, the logo kind of gives us the most information it seems about super
1: this. Super weird, what is this show? Yeah, so like, I'm all for it, but my also my guess
0: like... here is that what we're gonna get is. Uh, after the events of Endgame we know that it takes place after Endgame it stars Scarlet Witch and Vision Vision is dead
2: Yeah,
0: but Scarlet Witch has the ability to reshape reality her powers come from the reality stone right her mutant powers in the comics are literally the ability to reshape reality Mm -hmm. at one point in time she says no more mutants and then there are no more mutants she changes that the 616 universe into the age of uh, not sorry the house of m universe um and that has lasting repercussions that are still being dealt with in marvel today um she absolutely has the ability to just create a pocket dimension where she is living her life with vision and the the i don't know how much they talked about this on, on the panel but um the logo kind of makes it seem like it's going to be like a 1950s sort of nuclear family uh, sort of idea. There's a comic called Vision that, mm-hmm. that from a couple of years ago, um, which is uh, a pretty, uh, pretty well-known uh, story from the last few years, uh, where it's the opposite kind of um, Wanda and Vision break up and uh, yeah, exactly. like but she doesn't want anything to do with him and he goes off and he creates, creates his own, own family he, he creates, creates a wife, wife version of love, like, like a um, woman vision and two children and then it goes horribly wrong <laughs> um because he creates it's an android creating androids yeah, and yeah, yeah. they don't have a sense of right they're basically yeah, yeah, like yeah. sociopaths yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like it's about him teaching them how to be people yeah. Um, but it goes really, really dark.
1: Rom-com, this like nineteen fifties rom-com.
0: Okay, so I think it will start that way, and it'll feel that way until we realize that Wanda is lost in her own like psyche. Yeah, which is very common for the character, and it's going to bleed into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh. We already know that she's going to be in it. That oh. she's going to be. Yeah. that what kevin feige said is that basically scarlet witch in doctor strange 2 is like the hulk in thor ragnarok
2: oh interesting. right it's okay, like the okay, same okay, sort yeah, of
0: relationship yeah. Yeah. where it's okay. going to be it's still his story yeah. but it's going to be very much about her okay um and we we're pretty sure they didn't announce it but scott derrickson the director has been posting a lot of stuff on instagram and twitter about the character nightmare and uh, they're hel- heralding this as the first horror movie, like truly oh. scary movie in the MCU. Scott Derrickson is known for doing horror movies. Um, what what are his... But ones? That's
1: really cool. If they're like the thing that Marvel, we talked about this before. The thing that Marvel is really good yeah. at is giving directors the platform to be who they are at their core. And yeah. hiring the right people for the right movies. And like so, the yeah. feel so of... So like, Sinister is, is, is the... Oh. Is
0: the the so they might make like a Doctor Strange helpful.
1: horror movie. Yeah, that's, that's what they're making. That's cool. And
0: the multiverse of madness is a reference to the uh, the in the mouth of madness, yeah. which is a uh, like Lovecraft oh, cool. Cthulhu story. Awesome. Um, there's actually a there's a movie from I think the 90s with Samuel, um, that that is a really weird. Um, the, yeah, we don't really know a lot about it yet, but the, the speculation is that basically WandaVision will be about her getting lost in her own mind, essentially. Right. Um, and her powers kind of taking over and Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness is going to be about Dr. Strange basically having to go in and save her because, she's messing up the multiverse right, right? and yeah. and more than likely like the, the consequences of that are gonna have to do with nightmare gaining power and then them having oh. to team up to stop him so you're gonna have the sorcerer supreme and the scarlet witch teaming up That's this is why cool. these movies that, are oh awesome
1: man like when That's you so th- cool. like like yeah look
0: after all those portals opened up and all of those superheroes came stepping through, and that last uh, half an hour of of Endgame, anything is possible at yeah. this point. Yeah. But, like, the sentence that I just said is yeah. so yeah. much fun. Yeah. It's just, this is why comic books are cool and it's why the MCU gets to be cool. This too.
1: is cool. Nightmare is the ruler of a dream dimension. Yeah. Do you
0: see how all these pieces fit together? They just
1: fit so well. So this is where it's like... They know what they're doing, man.
0: By the time all of this gets up and running, because then we go into Loki, which is another series, which is spring 2021.
1: Does that take place after Infinity War as well?
0: It takes place technically in the midst of Endgame. So this is Loki from 2012 from Endgame, the one that gets the Tesseract and blinks into...
1: Oh, the yeah. one that, like, oh. Because they messed because up. Because they messed up the timeline. So yeah. think
0: about that. That's the Loki. This is what Kevin Feige said. That's the Loki that was just bashed around by the Hulk.
1: Oh, and then immediately. Thor 2
0: hasn't happened yet. <gasps> Thor Ragnarok certainly hasn't happened. No redemption.
2: <gasps> He's a villain. Interesting.
0: He's still a bad guy.
2: Ooh. He escapes,
0: and he goes off and does his whole
2: thing. Huh.
0: His mother doesn't die, so he doesn't know... Like he doesn't experience that pain and that sort of like that one, one of the things, things that, contributes that contributes to him yeah, having his mention story in the arc, arc, right Ragnarok, right? So, so I well, guess in the Infinity War really is where it's right? fulfilled. But yeah, I really interesting and the idea is that he's going to be so when you look at the logo it's a there are four different fonts to make up the the name loki Oh yeah, and the idea there this is what we've been hearing rumors about is that he is using the tesseract to bounce around time and space oh. um, and just create mischief he's just he's the god of mischief and that's what that's going to be about i love it we'll have to wait and see what kind of repercussions that has <laughs> But I don't think we'll have long to wait and see what happens there because after that is Marvel What If, which oh, is all right, of yeah. the stories of, like, what if Peggy Carter became Captain America instead of Steve Rogers, which is the first one they're going to do. It's What If will be a series of these? Like, it's not going to be, like, one story That's like and then stuff. another story. It's, like, like, it'll be animated, like, like individual That's stories. Um, so cool. And the first one that they've talked about is... Is that is uh, Peggy Carter becomes Captain America and Steve Rogers, because he doesn't get the super soldier serum, essentially Howard Stark builds him an Iron Man suit long before Iron Man exists. So basically like a like a Mark one, like the one that Tony builds in the desert Um, and he uses that and she's Captain America and the two of them go and they fight the Nazis. And I'm in, and whatever yeah. other wow. what ifs they want to do. Yeah. So, that's so cool. the cool thing about this is that it is MCU. Um, it sh- uh, it's gonna have all of the original voice, voice actors. actors. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Too, animated, that, like, it's but animated, it's gonna be everybody be like coming actual,
1: back, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. Because they can. So yeah. So, so then watch
0: watch. after that one is Hawkeye, which is gonna be about Hawkeye dealing with. Everything that happened in Endgame. And, because he's no
1: longer Ronin. Yeah, and, like coming yeah. back
0: from being Ronin. This yeah. will be his redemption story. Um, this is what Natasha sacrificed herself for. Yeah. So I think that, I think there are two things that the people, the the biggest problem I think people had with Endgame is they didn't feel like Black Widow being one of the original Avengers, just being one of the, the original heroes. She was yeah. like the second yeah. hero that was introduced. Yeah. Um, well, I guess third, because War Machine is in the first yeah. Iron Man. But um, sh- people feel like she didn't get her proper send-off like yeah. Tony Stark yeah. did. But yeah. she's getting her own movie, yeah. which I think will which be that send-off. About that.
1: People forgot about the fact yeah. that she's getting her own movie. Well, because so, it yeah. hadn't been
0: officially announced,
1: yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: then Hawkeye <laughs> is going to continue that story of like... This is what she sacrificed herself for is that Mm -hmm. like Clint has more to give. Mm -hmm. um, And like her movie, his series is going to be passing the torch to Kate Bishop, the Hawkeye in the Young Avengers. So um, leading towards that. Uh, and, and, uh, I mean, like, there's not much else to say about that. It's going to be very heavily influenced by the MCU stuff, but also very influenced by the Matt Fraction stories, which if people know what that is, like, if you want to read really good Hawkeye stuff, go read yeah. the Matt it's Fraction. It's also the
1: most, like, Arrow-based show. Like, it'll be basically Arrow because Arrow it'll, will no longer exists at that point. It'll be a much so better version like, of Arrow, If you're, like, itching yes. for some Arrow in yeah. a year and a half, there you go. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um... And then, and then closing it out, Thor: Love and Thunder. Taika Waititi coming back to write and direct. Uh, Natalie Portman, Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, Natalie
2: Portman.
1: I just ugh. Uh, Natalie I was waiting for Natalie Portman to come back in because I was like there's a reason why they're not completely like writing her off Yeah, and so they just needed the right thing for her so she's coming in
0: as the Mighty Thor which uh, uh, is the official name for what people often refer to as Lady Thor but uh, the Mighty Thor is her actual name that's the actual like technical like the If you were talking to somebody somebody official at Marvel, Marvel, that's that's what they would 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 refer to that character as. Because because calling her Lady Thor is kind of...
1: mm, Undermines the character a little bit, yeah. It
2: It kind of definitely implies
0: that Thor needs to be a man, and it's novel that Thor is a woman. Instead of the idea of...
1: Is Thor still
0: Thor in it? Well, Thor is Thor. He's got Stormbreaker, right? right? But Mjolnir has been destroyed. Right. So it's unclear where she's going to get her powers from at this point. But Taika Waititi did hand her Mjolnir on stage, so, and she yeah. held it high. So, which is cool. Uh, so theoretically, another Mjolnir will be created, and yeah. uh, and and she'll yeah. wield it and become Thor.
1: And this is a big a big episode or like uh, like reveal for like LGBTQ representation too with Tessa yeah, Thompson. Yeah, because Tessa Thompson is, yeah.
0: is 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 basically has been announced as like the first. Like queer representation in mm-hmm. in the like MCU. officially
1: like it was actually approved by approved uh, like confirmed by Kevin Feige. No, depending yeah. on what they're actually gonna you like do in the show. No, that'll the really be what the story like, yeah.
0: of Thor Love and Thunder yeah. is she is the king of Asgard yeah. and she needs a queen. Yeah. that's I'm why like it's it. called Love and Thunder. And obviously, bringing Jane back, having her be the mighty Thor with. Uh, yeah. Thor being the unworthy Thor yeah, uh, yeah. and the two of them and that, oh. that dynamic and figuring out what's okay. going on there between them uh, it's going to be interesting
1: and I love Teckle with TD too I'm excited for that to be it's like, going it to be great good, it's, it's going like... to be
0: so good yeah. the, this if is the answer. thing there's a lot of unknowns in this there are things that I am more excited about and less excited about there isn't a single thing on this list that I'm like
1: eh yeah right
0: it's all like okay like, maybe if I had to put two things at the bottom, it's going to be Black Widow and the Eternals, to be honest. Like, those are kind of my least interested ones on this list. But even still, yeah. I'm a, Black Widow's got David Harbour in it. But here's I mean, my thing,
1: too, because I mean like Scarlett Johnson's Scarlett Johnson's in it the problem I have, too, is that of everything, same with me. But those are also the two female-led like things in the next like and it's because they give them the path of least resistance yeah this is the thing that kind of sucks is they're like they're not really our strongest anyways let's just give them to like whoever
0: i don't think that that's necessarily the thinking there i hope so i i think that it's much more um look i think of all of these the one with the most box office draw is going to be black widow yeah, Scarlett Johansson's one of yeah. the most bankable actors on the planet. Yeah, that's true.
1: Although she said some, like, terrible things about representation recently. Where she like, <laughs> she doubled did say down, some really dumb down things. on being she, able to play a tree or whatever.
0: Yeah, she was also quoted out of context. And that was unfair, so she had to make a statement. And she was kind of... I, I feel like she was backed into a corner.
2: She,
0: studios make decisions based on bankability i mean like we talked about it the strategy stuff she should not have accepted the role in ghost in the shell Mm -hmm. she shouldn't have done it but she did Mm -hmm. and she has to live with that and it's kind of it's i think it's unfair i think i think it's unfair to kind of like for the media to like go at her over and over about this stuff like it's kind of I mean, what she, she? What's she, is, she gonna she was say? What it was, right? yeah. yeah, like what's she gonna say? Yeah, you're right. I was racist when I did that. She's not gonna say that. That's what people want. That's like people want her to go come out and go like, you guys. The internet was right, you guys. Which like the internet is right. She shouldn't have taken that role. She shouldn't. Have, that movie shouldn't have been made.
1: But the opposite of that is that Emma Stone completely knows that the role that she took in Aloha was terrible, mm-hmm. and she like admits that and is like i'm really sorry that i was a terrible person for that like i didn't realize the like consequences of so to double down on something where you're like no i stand by my choice to take this i would
0: say that emma stone's career has taken a pretty significant hit after that movie both because that movie was crap and because of the controversy around that so it's kind of like yeah like I don't know, it's difficult. I'm not saying yeah. that what Scarlett Johansson did was the right thing to do. I'm just saying like, what do you like? What are you supposed to do? Like, mm-hmm. there's no. She could tank her career by saying mm-hmm. what everybody wants her to say, or she can kind of try and move past it. Yeah. But you can't move past something if the media is just oh, like yeah. hounding you about yeah. it. Yeah. So. Like to say, like she doubled down on it. It's like she said something in an interview that was taken out of context, and then she had to address it yeah, yeah. because it made her look really, 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 really bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like the, the first, first quote made her look like she was like, whatever. whatever you, guys you guys are just all dumb. I, if I want to play a tree, I can play a tree. Right. I should be able to do whatever I want. And it, like the conversation was much more complex than that. Actually, they just yeah. took one that sentence out, yeah. right? Cause yeah. it was more about like when you an artist like a, like yeah, artist should like be free to kind of explore different be. things, yeah, yeah. No. and then it's like okay yeah but you are a high profile actor on a world stage and you have a responsibility, yeah. and it's sort of like like she kind of it's missed sort of that yeah, part yeah. of the yeah. conversation, yeah. but at the same time like she's also she's also not wrong she's not right but she's also not wrong of like actors should kind of be able to. Um, I think it was, uh, Brian Cranston kind of said something, he, he was quoted in one of the articles that I was reading about it where he was like, if like I'm an actor, I get paid to play characters, uh, studios make decisions based on what's financially best for them. That's how movies get made. So if it makes sense for me to play a gay character, even though I'm not gay, Is that okay? Because he was in a movie where he played a a person in a wheelchair, right? And people were like, "You should get a person who's actually in a wheelchair." And it's like, but you should also make a movie that's gonna make back the money that the people put into it. So it's like it's it's difficult. It's not,
1: and it's a conversation that's changing right now, and it's all it's all part of that conversation because it all plays into each other. And so so this goes
0: into, and this is where I say like, Kevin Feige is a very smart. A very uh, uh, intelligent, both in like the business sense, but also I think in the emotional sense, uh, producer. And that's why these movies are so successful. One of those actors, I think the actor that's playing. Um, oh, man. What was that character's name that I didn't know was Mercury? Uh, oh, M- 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 Macari. Yeah. Uh, there was something about. I think
1: because that's a guy she, in the in the actual series, right? I'm pretty sure she's she's deaf, deaf yeah, 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 right?
0: Yeah. So they're changing that character, yeah, to include a, like an uh, to they they cast an actor, yeah, to come in and play this character in this way as a completely new interpretation, mm-hmm. or maybe not completely new, but like a new interpretation um, that is more representative, and they're and they're yeah. they're not getting yeah, somebody to play to a yeah, deaf yeah, person yeah, yeah. like yeah. so i i do think they they they're trying. this stuff is they're going trying. in the right direction yeah.
1: but in the same way that you said that there's certain things that they can do now that they couldn't do 10 years ago fifteen Absolutely. years ago yeah which is really cool i'm excited yeah. to see where stuff is like evolving too and that like there is just like a like a standard that you can see shifting in all the stuff and a lot of the stuff that was really interesting at comic-con is that you like feel the shift and yeah. i went to a lot of a lot of the female panels right but it's like that they're, they're like the things that me too has done for the industry yeah is just astronomical. Well, is not wait. even just for female representation, but that like people are not allowed to be jerks anymore. Yeah, like when you're in a workspace and you see an intern being harassed, people yeah. are like, "Nope, you're not allowed to be a jerk yeah. to like interns." Like, well, like I
0: think I think I think this is a really good indicator that the conversation has and it needs to kind of shift because I think people are kind of start, still having a lot of the same arguments that, that we were having ten years ago, people. and it's like, look at this lineup: Black Widow, female led female directed right uh the falcon and winter soldier you have a person of color in the lead title role mm-hmm. um the arguably the more important of the two title characters uh the eternals angelina jolie and selma hayek are the two top build characters in that and then Kamel Nanjiani's in that uh the, the whole cat like richard madden's the only white dude mm-hmm. right uh shang chi i don't think i need to explain that wandavision doctor strange is is a white dude loki is a white dude what if is it going to be about everybody hawkeye is about a white dude passing on the mantle of that character to a woman uh and thor is being shifted away from chris hemsworth to focus on natalie 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 portman and 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 tessa thompson
1: That's impressive. Like yeah, the shift that is. That's a
0: really like that's a continental shift. Yeah,
1: like Like, that's
0: that's massive from what we were doing before, which was Iron Man, a white dude; Thor, a white dude; Captain America, a white dude; the Hulk, a white dude; Hawkeye, a white dude, (laughs) dude, and Black Widow. Yeah, like it's. And, and then you you've got, got their, their token, token black guy, guy which is Captain America, right? So, so like, like, we've, like, we've definitely moved into uh, a much more progressive Marvel mm-hmm. Cinematic Universe. Um, and hopefully it's just an indicator of everything else that's coming. Um, and we'll get... I really hope we get Miss Marvel introduced in Captain Marvel 2. Oh. I, I, Kamala Khan, that would be so great. Cause she's such a cool character and deserves to be in the MCU. Like this, everything is possible. And we yeah. barely even talked about all the other stuff that they did mention. And that's yeah. coming like fantastic four is going to happen. Yeah. And what are they going to do with that? And he said like mutant stuff, like they're aware of everything that has come before. They're going to do something very different with yeah. the X-Men. Yeah. Um, Cause they can. Yeah. I it's oh, yeah. So exciting. Yep. This is a long podcast. This is two and a half hours. It's almost midnight. Uh, yeah. It's very warm in this room.
1: I'm so excited. We talked so much about Comic Con, though. It was Yay, good. There's this so much to one. talk about for Comic Con.
0: Um, yeah.
1: I uh, feel like I, because I was actually there this year. It's like it means a lot more. It's like different to, even though all the Marvel, I wasn't in the Hall H Marvel yeah. stuff. It's still nice to like have. You could feel there. the it's energy, like, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, and you're surrounded by people that are like doing fun stuff yeah. and just jazzed about being nerds. Yeah. I bought. I got a art mystery box. Ooh. It will end on my on my shopping okay. thing because I was like I'm not gonna buy stuff. I can't buy stuff. I can't fit anything in my bag. But then I went I went to um, like the Moleskin booth and they have those cool like um, like Superman and all this stuff. Yeah. But in it they had two prints and I was like, you guys aren't selling this Wonder Woman superman print are you they're like oh no no no, we bought those and i happened to go there the booth next to them was this all this dc art like it was all like different yeah. interpretations of the dc superheroes and i was like this is this is great like i would love a superman on my wall and they're like you know what we have one mystery box left Do you want a mystery box it's like 600 dollars worth of art and i'm like uh i can't have anything batman on my wall like if i get something that's just batman i'll i'll be mad about it yeah and they're like well you know what If you get something that's just Batman, we'll give you something else. And I was like, sold, man. Because all the rest of it is like Wonder Woman. And like, but it's all these. So when they open it up, they're going through, and I got like the like metal print is like the Justice League. And then there's a Superman versus Doomsday where the artist is like there. It's like Thomas Kincaid or something. So he like drew the Superman on the back for me, like so it's like personalized. And then I got the Superman print that I wanted, like the one that was the other art. But then the final big one was like a Batman. And I was like, oh man i was like it's okay it's okay have a different one and there was a a wonder woman one that had just yeah. been signed by the artist so i got the wonder woman one instead and it's just like so it was all art that i love and it's just the thing where it's like it fed my mystery box like fever because there's a, like you just yeah. want to buy the mystery boxes because it's like gambling you never know what you're gonna get and then when you I've get never stuff, you really purchased lost... a mystery oh, box in that i just i really conference. there was an arrow mystery box it was 50 yeah. bucks it took all my energy not to buy it because <laughs> I really love mystery boxes. I have
0: to find like I'm going to have to that, that whenever next con I see Andy at, I'm going to have to buy, buy that, that Flash and Arrow. And arrow those little, little 5 by 7 prints because I can't find them. them. Oh no, I, I, with with them somewhere. I like to keep them safe, them, safe, and and I too, them safe. And now I can't it's find too, them. too safe. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah, too yeah safe. they're too safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But
1: anyways, it's I'm I'm proud of myself for not buying more things. The cosplay was phenomenal. If you check out our Thunderquack uh face uh, like Facebook and Twitter Instagram. and stuff. I tried yeah. and Instagram. I tried to post a couple, I have so much, but I have to say the shout out, like the best group costume was the Jurassic park, like cosplay that I saw. That was day. pretty but, like, good. Oh, It was like, it was really sweet. So there's that. And I haven't actually posted them yet. I'll probably post them on the quiver one, but I did try to take pictures of all the, um, all of the arrows and, uh, uh Deadpools that I saw, not, De- not Deadpool, Death Deathstroke. Deathstrokes. Yeah. So there was way more Deathstrokes than there were arrows um i felt real embarrassed i stopped in artemis and i was like do you like green arrow they're like no i'm dressed as artemis and i was like i'm sorry <laughs> like, i don't know artemis very well <laughs> so i was like you just have arrows <laughs> i thought you were arrow um but anyways she was she was actually a really good artemis because i googled it afterwards but so i haven't posted those ones yet but i might post them onto the um the the page, page, page specifically but cool it was good the cosplay was good it's definitely like a reason to go is just to see all the people that are putting in like yeah. way too much energy and effort into these awesome. Same mushrooms. with Star Wars Celebration. It's oh, like it's just it's, like it's, it's a like when you're walking
0: around the floor at Star Wars Celebration and there's just R two units everywhere yeah, and yeah, they're cool. real and they do more than what he does yeah, in the movies. Like so you're yeah. like this is the greatest place on earth. Yeah, yeah, so
2: cool. Uh, cool. Well, Love being a nerd. Yeah. That's it
0: for this week's episode. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the Last Jedi and rank it against the other Star Wars films in the Skywalker Saga. But uh, until then, you can uh, stay tuned to all of our podcasts, such and such, over at ThunderQuack.com. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com/thunderquack on. Twitter at thunderquacknet and on uh, Instagram at Uh
1: You can also follow us individually on Instagram. I'm at akonkin86, A-K-O-N-K-I-N-86, and I'm just akonkin on Twitter. I totally messed that up. I usually, I've been doing it right for seven years, but I, I'm going to start making people go to my Instagram because my Twitter has, like, nothing. <laughs> Although I did tweet while I was at comic-con because i felt like i had to give a little bit of content to different things i even posted some pa- some images on the like pa- like the patreon like app mm-hmm. i don't know if you're on the patreon app but there's like a like it's basically like stories yeah. so i was able to do some they're really short they're like 10 seconds but some stories and stuff so trying to use more of the social media that we have at our disposal with Thunderquack and quiver so uh
0: you can follow me on facebook or non-facebook you could if you wanted to, I guess. <laughs> on twitter and instagram at uh, arkwolf a-r-k-w-u-l-f uh, and, uh, if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merchandise or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and, uh, kicking in with your monthly pledge over there. You get, uh, I don't know, you get like the Thunder Quack podcast early, you can get into the Facebook group, you can get the uncut version for five dollars, which, uh, in this instance is going to be two and a half hours long. <laughs> uh, which uh, you're definitely getting your five dollars worth this month, but uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, Whew. go to patreon.com slash thunderquack if you're not supporting us there, we would appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who does support us. Uh, that's it for this week, we'll be back next week to talk about the last jedi
1: i have no sign off because it's got no sign it's the comic-con one right like stay geeky i don't know (laughs) nope that's not good that's not good (laughs)